Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crush Fam Podcast. I am your host, Cantherion, a.k.a. Chris Crush Jacob, because Chris Crush will make the ball jump jump. I have with us some fantastic humans, a first-time guest, a very famous one, who believes he is a deity, and we'll probably discuss that. But let's start off with, in the order I see them, Degumpa Chicago himself, Jason Buswell himself. How's it going tonight, Dad? Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm a deity, but uh, you know we'll get into that later. Uh, but thank you for uh, having me. I really I, I love coming back here. <laughs> We're glad to have you. Um, yes, I was definitely speaking of of Dag. Dag thinks he is a god. I mean, it's it's a Ghostbusters thing. So well, okay. I, I don't think I I know. Fair. That's fair. And and a bold statement. I appreciate and enjoy the enthusiasm and the honesty. So this is this is also honesty hour here on the Crush Fan Podcast. And of course, what would a podcast be without our king of media? <laughs> I've promoted him from media director to king of media. That's now a position. <laughs> We've got, <laughs> got Crozier McCoy, Pirate Captain Dom. How's it going tonight, Dom? I will soon be declaring this a media dictatorship. Um, <laughs> it's going pretty good, man. <laughs> I love it. I love the podcast After Dark. And the man, the myth, the legend, the Austin Bentley, the hummus god, a.k.a. hummus man, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing better now. Before the show, you were completely slandering everything about me um, and my team choices, free agency. Why you're questioning why I call myself a god? So, um, yeah, thank you for the nice intro. This is better than expected. Yeah, and and um, Shu, because I know you're listening. Just so you know, all the tampering we did it before the podcast started, so I think we're okay this time. <laughs> Jeez, love you, Shu. Happy, hey, happy that, birthday! Uh, yep. Can that be our official uh, tagline? Better than expected, Crush Fan Podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you always set the bar low because then you always exceed expectations, and I think we do a great job of that here. That's the tagline for the McRib as well. <laughs> That's fair. We were talk. I was talking to my wife about this. Uh, she read a post. I think it was just on Reddit that said that McDonald's should have to put their flags at half mast when their ice cream machine is broken. And I was like, yeah, and they should have to put up a second flag when the McRib is there because people just get so excited about it. Even though it's just a Salisbury steak. <laughs> like, that's it. It's not fancy. All right. Um, Shout-outs to McDonald's. Please sponsor the podcast. <laughs> the home of luxury dining, only available at PBE and McDonald's. <laughs> tell you what. All right. Um, tonight, tonight we're going to talk about Big Vito. We're going to get into a little bit of role-playing background. Uh, the, the mysterious figure head behind the, the kingpins, behind the Crush Fam. Um, Dag has, has written some materials. He has done some homework. So super shout-out to our normally busy GM anyway, going the extra mile. Uh, and we'll also, yeah, we'll, we'll, give, we'll give Hummus a little talk time as well. You know, get to know his character a little bit. Um, I'm sure that, that if you've listened to any podcast in the PBE, you've probably heard about his background at length. Uh, so we'll talk about the baseball origin stories a little bit more. Uh, but Dag, why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about Big Vito, 
and 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 whatever you've prepared. Let's let's hear it. All right, sir. I'll start with his background. Uh, so Big Vito, and this is all you know through different pieces of like stories uh, that people uh, have heard from different sources. Because there really is no, you know, he's such a mysterious figure. We truthfully don't know. Uh, so Big Vito was born uh, in rumored to be born in Tampa, in Florida, uh, to Italian parents. However, it's rumored that his father was Irish. Um, he worked in the organized lottery business, which uh, was common in Tampa. That was basically one of the big uh, crime stays there, uh, bribing local politicians, uh, making money off of the kickback. Uh, eventually, he made enough money to the point where he was able to get out of there, and he wanted to uh, sort of head for greener pastures. Um, and there was a lot of money in two main places. One was New York. However, he knew that if he were to have gone to New York, uh, which is – almost entirely owned by the Italian uh, crime family. They're very serious about being Italian. And, you know, he couldn't exactly have hid the fact that he was half Irish. Um, because in order to be made, of course, if you've seen Goodfellas, you know that you have to be 100%. You have to be 100% Italian. You can't have any other type of um, ethnicity in you. So instead, he decided to head out to Chicago. And in Chicago, there's a bunch of different, um, bu bunch of different European origins there. Uh, but most people just claim to be Italian, and they get away with it. So he knew that that was an easier place to uh, to chill. Yeah, that, that 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 that's that's his background. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's really well fleshed out. That's because uh, again, the only talks I think that we've had about Big Vito are are post Kingpins. So I love it. I love the because when I was thinking about it, when I was just workshopping in my head. I was thinking, like, is he is he a self-made mafioso? Did he kind of create a family, or did he kind of take that traditional role and move up through the ranks? So, um, I like. We'll, that we'll get into that at some. We'll, we'll get into that actually soon. Uh, but yeah, so I just want to say where he's from and stuff. Okay, right on. Yeah, that's a cool starter. Yeah, and then the whole the whole um, the controversy of the Irish father, of course. Yeah, I love that. So, so that's one of those things that you know is. Like some people know it, maybe, and, and is that something that people can hold against him or try to hold against him, or is it is it is he has he been able to successfully keep that to himself? In Chicago, he's definitely been able to keep that to himself. I mean, there are some people who um, accuse him of having a little bit of Irish in him, uh, but they're usually uh, dealt with in the only way he knows how. Um, but in New York, uh, which the line between being Italian and Irish is much has, is, is much more like widely stroked. Uh, it's a lot more obvious who's Ita who's actually Italian, who's Irish. Um, he wouldn't have got away with it there, so that's why he settled on Chicago. Gotcha, Dom. Dom, what are your thoughts about the uh, the background so far? That's actually uh, that's a really cool story, um, especially because it, it's it's very it, it's it was a very big portion of. And obviously, PBE kind of takes place in like modern times, but uh, this the the kingpins like mafia thing is so old timey anyway that um, I kind of just assume we are somehow in like a time machine. Um, but it it was a very it was a very common trend for uh, European immigrants to America to be very uh, concerned about like their bloodline. So it's like super believable and also just like really cool like that's a really cool story um so yeah i i like i like that and then i think it also sets up um 
a kind of funny like a, a way to take it further where you could say that like one of the things that really drove him to be the mafia was um he really wanted to like outperform the people that like shunned him because of his father uh so i i think there's a lot of really cool ways to take that yeah definitely could be like an arc where it comes back to haunt him right like someone travels from tampa or something like that and yeah there's, there's oh, a lot yeah, of possibilities with that i love it uh hummus you know again i know this is your first experience uh dealing with our nonsense uh, but but this is again this is an open forum so do you have any thoughts about about that background story? Um, not gonna lie, I was watching a couple games right now, watching the Marlins lose. <laughs> six... Oh, just kidding. We may we may we're actually having a good inning and uh, the NBA play-in games happening. But you know, shout out that to that game is crazy. By the way, yeah, I got that. I got a couple tabs open. Um, but yeah, uh, no, you guys. You know the gangster background. The logo really exemplifies, you know, what it, you know, the intimidation factor of, of a Chicago gangster. You know, an old school Chicago gangster, and uh, with a little modern tick to it. I was showing one of my friends the logos earlier, and I, I thought you guys had a good one because it, it demonstrates that we're a baseball league. Um, uh, one, it was, not every logo has baseball, you know, infused into it. So nice to see that from. Uh, the Kingpin's logo, and uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting learning about that just now. You guys going in depth about you know old school gangster with a modern vibe to it. So yeah, I just kind of want to keep listening. Right on, <laughs> that that works. I love you know what that I've learned just now that the commissioner position is all about being able to vamp with little to no preparation. So kudos, <laughs> you're nailing it, crushing it. Faking it till I make it. You already know. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, that was, um, that was, uh, I, I mean, I've been in debate for a long time, and that was some high level uh, bullshitting right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh Look, man. I, I'm I mean, a I've, I've heard a lot of people filler to kind of distract you away from the question. That was a great, like, I got to give you credit there. That was good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I really comprehended anything you guys were saying. Um, I, I saw on Twitter that Curry hit like a walk-off shot. Um, it looks like they're going to overtime. And, yeah, it's uh, the, an OT. Yeah, the Marlins were down 63 before the inning started. Now it's, they're only down two uh, with no outs in the bottom of the 12th. So um, kind of exciting sports night and hanging out with my homies. So, <laughs> you know, wouldn't be anywhere else in the world. I love it. That's great. <laughs> we, we are Hummus's uh, best friends. He, he did tell us that before the pod started. Which means uh, we can say anything we want to him and won't get code of conducted. That's right. Um, no. no Actually, no. no, you're right. I, I, I don't like, I'm not a snitch, you know. We should have recorded. Dang it. I'm sorry, everyone. I let you down. <laughs> what? All right. Who created the backstory for the Kingpin's guy? What was his name again? Big Vito. Big Vito. Uh, Big Vito. Yeah, there we yeah, go. That's, that's kind of what we're discussing right now. It's like making him an actual story. Um, oh, I, so because yeah. the creators of the team were what? SD Core, Corey and um, Bauer, right? Yes. That's right. But they didn't, you guys have been throwing together the backstory little by little? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it, it's something we were discussing in um, 
when we were doing an earlier media post was how a regular part of a player's interactions, wow, what a three, a regular part of a player's interactions would be um, their GMs and their coaches. And then it's weird that in PBE, like none of the GMs have any personality at all. So we've been trying to kind of fill that gap. Well, few yeah, of you guys, you guys are doing great. So like the, we're just trying to flesh out the role-playing aspect because we've, we've talked to enough people that are interested in the writing part of it. Um, and DAG has kind of, yeah, because I, I don't think, uh, like this isn't a slight against them, but I don't think uh, Bauer SD Corps were really like invested in the role-playing aspect. They were just like, oh, this is going to be an exciting team. This will ma- match really well with the league and um, Chicago needs a team. Like that was m- more of their focus. So DAG right. has kind of created a backstory and um, kind of fleshed it out a little bit more today. And then, um, you know, like obviously like Moosey has like a whole character he's built out. So we're kind of, um, maybe not necessarily like changing how teams run, but we're definitely trying to bring that influence of have fun with creative writing and kind of reinvigorate that is, is kind of our goal, I think, at this point. I love it. I'm here for it. So I want to hear the story more. The Marlins looks like they looks like they're about to lose. Um, <laughs> That's too bad. So I'm more here than I was five minutes ago. For sure. <laughs> awesome. All right, Dag. Let's let's get into uh, to the the mafioso or, or the coming up in the ranks years with, uh, with big Vito, what you got for us? All right. So, um, I'm sorry. I just started watching the, the playing game as well. It's so sorry. It's if I'm also so a distracted. It, it is. <laughs> I know we came in with a plan, but honestly, I feel like this is going to spiral out into, um, us talking about sports, but that that's, that's fine. I, I'd, I'd honestly love to. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's see. So uh, when he went to Chicago, he sort of started out like most guys do, you know, low level working sort of smaller rackets. Um, so in the west side of Chicago, pretty much every racket was owned by this group called uh, Chicago Reinforcement and Utility Shipping and Handling. Now, can anyone tell me what that means? I, I can say it again if you want. Chicago Reinforcement and Utility Ship Crush. They're called crush. Oh, okay. I'm saying. <laughs> I, w- I was. You needed to finish it. I would have. I was la- writing the letters out the second time you said it, but you cut it off. So. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I do that I a lot. Right. Oh. <laughs> okay. This is this is amazing. I just want. This is the greatest pockets I've ever been on. Okay. Um. <laughs> Don't lie to me now. You're trying to make me feel good, which I'm appreciating. But Make you feel don't, good? don't lie. Don't lie. Was I lying to you? I can't tell. You're doing a good job of like, like, yeah, you're, you were complimenting my BSing. Now, now it's my turn to compliment yours. No, I, I was saying it's because uh, I'm on a podcast where you're getting absolutely destroyed. Um, the, the commissioner of the league. And it's, it's amazing. I've, I've been like knocking back in my chair, like time after time. No, no. How am I getting destroyed? Well, well, because they, they called you out on your bullshitting. I mean, I thought that was a compliment. It sounded like a compliment. Oh, that was a, oh, oh no, okay. I was, I, yeah, that was a virtue to me. Talking yeah. out of your ass is an impressive skill. Thank I mean, you. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, poli sci grad in college and uh, law school grad as well. So I've had to flex that muscle a lot in my life. I mean, and, technically, uh, this it's is both, just another right? example. It's technically Which, it's it's a compliment and also like. We're, we're calling you on your stuff so it's both but it's mostly a compliment for sure because that's i'm, I'm choosing do. to perceive it as just a compliment oh, that's also acceptable 
you can't tell me otherwise. That's yeah, exactly. You, I reject your reality and substitute my own. Steph Curry. Oh, you missed. Oh it. my god. All right. Sorry, it's just I. Um, but I call a girl wearing orthopedic shoes. Um, I compliment her shoes, and I get called the principal office. Anyway. Um, so he. Um, are, are we still doing this? Or are we? Are, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just need a minute like, to recover from the last question. comment. You're good. Wait, why is his name Vito? Why is his name Vito? Yeah. Um, because sometimes your parents make mistakes. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, that's a good gangster name, though. I think it fits. So. Well, was Big Vito was... Was Big Vito actually your creation, Dag? Or was that like a holdover, like an inherited name? Like, was Big Vito part of the team before you took over, just with no story kind of thing? Yeah, do you want to know like the like the non-war version, just the actual how, how yeah. his name came up? Sure, yeah. Okay, so we have like a bunch of different rooms for team management, like the war room, the actual war room, um, like the sim file, uh, rookie surveys. Um, and I wanted to put that under a folder, but I didn't know what to call it. I think it was originally just called Team Shit. Um, so I decided like, well, let's, let's give it like sort of a, a gangster spin. Um, I, I don't know why, it's, uh, like the, the first like capo name I could think of was, was Big Vito, which, which sounds like, you know, it sounds like a, a, a mafia name. Um, so, and it, and it was going to be his office. We're doing this all in Big Vito's office. So that, that's, that's the name of it. That's pretty okay. Cool. So I, I do have, um, so <laughs> I'm not going to finish myself. Um, so when he goes to Chicago, does he like immediately like know he's going to commit crime? Like, is he just here and he, he steps into Chicago and he's like, this is my city time to start peddling crack. Right. Like, does he, does he get into it right away or does he kind of take a second to get into the more illegal fields? Like what, what is the motivation of Vito to actually run crime? Well, essentially he comes over um, with a lot of money from the Bolitas in, um, in Tampa so he kind of buys his way in at first. Uh, he has deep pockets, so he just buys some rackets. He buys some, he buys some places to launder money out of. Um, really, it's but uh, from there he kind of expands. That you know that's what I was gonna get into. He's somewhat ruthless um, in his ways, but really it's um, I don't know. It, it, it's it's the way he does it. It's kind of it's, it's kind of. Uh, he likes to control things, you know, um, and when whenever he takes over a racket, usually, you know, there's like a term you can use to explain someone who runs a racket. Usually it's a capo. Sometimes it's like a, a mark or something. He likes to refer to them as pins, which he says is, is, is affectionately, but it has drawn comparison to like, you know, oh, they're like pawns. You know, it's like a big they're basically his sacrificial lambs. So it's like a chess game. They're there to protect him. Uh, but because they're all pins, that makes him, of course, the kingpin. that is actually pretty cool yeah that is cool so it's like um so basically he's an investor but he doesn't like the stock market so he's like i shall instead instead fund enterprise and illegal activities oh yeah 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 yeah. so he's just he's the greatest investor of all time because he can just constantly yeah. rig the game in his favor oh i love that yeah and then the crush thing that's I mean, oh, chef's kiss on that. That's great. 
So essentially, this is part of his diversification. What? Why, why baseball though? Why? Why start a baseball team and and go that route? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so the PBE uh, had been around at that point for about 16 seasons, and it had not uh, ventured into the Chicago market, and that was for a number of reasons, mainly rooting from uh, the worry of of crime. It, it's it, it was a high crime area, so they didn't exactly want to risk it. Um, so. What happened was, uh, at, you know, like in actual um, life, in, in actual life, in IRL, uh, there are certain areas that they're able to, you know, mark as, um, you know, common ground. They're generally defined by the baseball stadium there. Like, you know, you go to the South Side, um, which, which is generally not uh, that nice. I'm not saying that all the South Side is not nice, but there are definitely parts um, around, uh, around uh, what's it called, guaranteed rate now. Field, I, I can't remember. Guaranteed load, something like that. Uh, it, it's a relatively safer spot. So he pushed. He well, he had like sort of um, what do they call lobbyist push for the idea that they could find a safe part of Chicago. But they were told that they were told in in, in return that it could only happen in the north side. So as a result, uh, Vito opted to expand uh, rackets, uh, take over different rackets in the north side, which had a little bit of crime in it at that point. But what happened with those rackets is that he didn't like continue the crime out of there or continue to launder money out of them. He would actually serve as he, as a peacekeeper to them. He wanted them to go straight. He turned like all like the flower shops and the like liquor stores and like actual businesses and made sure that all the areas around them were crime free because he wanted to make sure that um, the area where they would be putting the baseball stadium would be the safest place possible because that was the only way the PBE would budge and eventually. Uh, they took it, and that led to the building of uh, what is known as uh, Keene Stadium, or Keene's Field. I don't know. We, we, we never got around to renaming it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was thinking of – another thing I was thinking of when I was kind of workshopping this in my mind was the uh, much maligned – I believe the movie is called Oscar with Sylvester Stallone. I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. Probably. it's It's way before your time, for sure. Uh, but the, essentially the plot of the movie is a, a mobster who's trying to go straight. And, um, yeah, so that, it, it, Sly himself considers it one of his worst movies ever. I really enjoyed it. it it's a stupid comedy movie. Um, but it's all about the transformation of this guy as he tries to change the culture around him, finally changes ways, and how everyone around him continues to think he's talking in code. So when he's saying, like, no, no, don't rough him up, you know, one of his guys gives him a wink and like goes to like beat this dude up and, and, and things like that keep happening. So it kind of made me think of like maybe Vito's trying to, you know, he's he's built enough of an empire that crime is, is even though it's rigged, it's still kind of risky. So maybe he gets to that turning point of I have so much money and now I just need to protect that money, use the, the leverage I have in the town and become more of a almost a pseudo-political figure without an official office, something to that effect, maybe? I mean, I don't know. That's that's what, how I was thinking of it, kind of. So, yeah, I, I think that does lead the question. Once they get really get into baseball, like, is, is the baseball operation itself clean? Like, will Big V, like, send someone to, like, beat the shit out of a pitcher? Or does the baseball team just run like a normal baseball team? 
Uh, well, there's plenty of rumors around um, really the legitimacy of the team. Uh, nothing's been confirmed yet, uh, but there have been some rushes to conclusions uh, by the league, for example. A lot of people think that a recent snafu, uh, potentially involving uh, one Chris Jacob, uh, led to um, the Kingpins having to forfeit awards for the next uh, three seasons. Um, as the Kingpins have not won an award in, um, yeah, I think since Chris Jacobs' uh, rookie of the year. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's like the rumor that um, the NBA suspended Michael Jordan for like two years um, when he retired um, to go play baseball because of his gambling, uh, something like that. So that's that's interesting. Would the players themselves like like how much mob activity would say Crozier McCoy or Crush Jacob have to deal with? I'd say the average player. I mean, you, you got to go to booster dinners, I guess. Just you know, uh, keep the team profitable. You, you know, you got to shake some hands. You got to kiss some babies. You know, you, you just got to eat with a bunch of old Italian men in smoky rooms. I, I you know, it, but they do give you the option to participate in activities because I know um, we've had some people participate in it, like Vivi Zielman, uh, who's like traveled the world being a uh, in like a mobster epic. If you ever read her JPTs, um, but it's really up to the players. However, nothing's ever put out. Like there's no um, evidence towards. Uh, players uh, participating in that, or at least there's no known evidence of players participating. But so, it's, yeah, it's almost more of a, like, hey, go over here, and while you're there, do this activity that in itself may not seem criminal, but is actually part of some larger act or something, you know, like like talking about keeping the neighborhood safe, right? Like send send someone who's a little intimidating to that neighborhood and have them say something innocuous that means something to them, like, Wow, it looks like a real rainy day outside, and they know, like, uh oh, I better, better pay veto, you know, like something, something like that. That's um, that was kind of the, um, obviously it's been on a bit of a hold recently, but that was kind of the, other thing I was going to do with um, Shumi Hulkenbettel, um, <laughs> in the in the mafia piece was a joke that because he's kind of a super muscly dude and because he's german like no one understands what he's doing um that it would be a common like negotiation tactic of the kingpins to just send this super muscly armed german dude to just scream at people as like an intimidation technique and then just like go so i i think there would i think um mr big Vito definitely have a mixed roster of some players that are just kind of smoke screens, right? Like guys like McCoy, who you do not want to send on a mafia deal, and then actual like bruisers and guys that would help him operate. Uh, so it definitely kind of vary by player. Yeah, I, I think that uh, eventually when I start helping you out with that piece, like I told you I would, definitely going to get into that. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I know it's it's one of those. I mean, we talked about it in the last in the last cast. It's just work has been stupid lately, and it's finding that stress release is tough. And and I just I don't know. My my creative well sometimes runs a little more dry than I'd like. So it just oh, no. I, I get it. I mean, I recently went through a pretty bad dry spell, so I get what you mean. I mean, it happens for sure.
So, I don't know. I feel like we've kind of hit the high notes, but uh, yeah, what else do you got, Dag? What am I missing, or uh, what other parts of the story did you want to speak to? Uh, sure, do you want to know why he's called uh, Big Vito? Or, or why he's called Big, rather? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Big Vito uh, is uh, not actually that big of a guy. You know, a lot of people sort of associate if you call someone big, it's because they're probably stocky or something. Um, it's actually uh, Big Vito, because he's rarely seen, no one really knows what he really looks like. But um, when he is uh, sort of spotted, it does look like he's a bigger guy. You know, he likes to wear a big trench coat and a big hat. Uh, sort of the rumor why he's got all that size on him when he's not actually that big of a guy. Uh, some people say he likes to carry his entrees. If you know, he likes to he likes to pack heat. You know what I mean? Um, but um, interestingly enough, no one's actually ever seen him brandish a weapon. Um, although the people who have seen him brandish a weapon, they uh, probably uh, aren't around to tell the tale. No uh, correction. No one living has seen him brandish a weapon. Yeah, better way to say it, sure. So then I... Um, I don't know if I'm interrupting you, but um, the... A thought that just came to me was, is he, because you said people rarely see him, do people see him more than they know, and it's just, they don't know it, it's it's him? Is Vito actually a player on the Kingpins? Is he one of those bots? Oh, definitely. He could probably just be like, you know, going to the grocery store all by himself, um, because you really don't know. And yeah, he, did, he could be one of the bots. I mean, uh We've never really seen any of their faces. Um, if, if I could talk off the cuff for a second, I, I, I don't want to ruin the illusion. I was actually thinking of changing the Kingpin's name to uh, Big Vito uh, because Kingpin's like probably our best reliever uh, in franchise history. Um, he's just always he for some reason is always like a really really good reliever. Like I don't think he's ever had a season over like four ERA. Um, but I also have possibly some plans for the big veto name so i didn't want to do that just yet i think that's perfect i think kingpin is actually big veto and maybe he finally reveals himself uh, that it, it's like the i just had it like i said it just came to me because i was thinking of duke silver <laughs> from parks and rec and so i was thinking about yeah like the the alias for the big tough guy is just like yeah he's just a relief pitcher <laughs> he just he just does his business. And it, and it's one of those things, especially as a reliever, th- there are a lot of subtle things that relievers do in the game of baseball that kind of up that intimidation factor, right? Like they play those mental games uh, with a lot of the, the players they face, and some of them are super overt about it and just jerks and whatever, but I, some, of, some of the most entertaining relievers to me are the ones who just do like a weird thing when they're reading the pitch signs or you know, do that weird stare in and, and stare a little bit longer than they should. And, and instead of focusing on the catcher, they're focusing on the player and just kind of unsettle them a little bit. And I feel like that's something that Vito would do is that he would, you know, he maybe his stuff isn't that great. Maybe his control isn't that great, but he just, he does something on the mound that, that kind of unsettles the player and throws them out of their rhythm a little bit. So <laughs> if Vito is a pitcher, this is what I'm curious about. Is he one of the pitchers that uses um, that hits a guy with a pitch to send a message, or is he like clean? You know, I, I, 
Okay. Yeah, you know what? I honestly think that he's like totally clean on the mound because he doesn't want to show. Of course, like you know, the nastiest guy out there would probably be Big Vito. I feel like that's Pickle Pocket. Like Pickle Pocket and Kingpin are two total opposites. I mean, one's a righty, one's a lefty. But I also feel like uh, Pickle Pocket. Uh, I feel like he packs heat more and he probably does hit more guys. Uh, whereas Kingpin is sort of more of a control guy. Um, but I, I think that's honestly because. Um, he wants to keep up the illusion. I mean, of course, we don't know. Maybe he is pickle pocket. Maybe he's even Mick Schumacher, um, or maybe he's a completely different entity. But yeah, I, I, I would assume if Big Vito uh, were on the mound, he would be like um, he would be, he would just be pretty jovial about things. Because it's it's I the love... one place. It's the one place where he gets to. He doesn't have to put on that front of like I'm the tough guy. I'm you know I'm just I'm one of the guys out here. Yeah, I actually, uh, I think that's like a really cool idea is that he's, um, <laughs> that he'd be like the least likely guy you'd expect. <laughs> like, um, like in Penn's practice, they'll, um, they'll commonly like talk about different pitchers and be like, oh man, if any of us were really a mobster, like the media says, who do you think it would be? And no one would ever pick Vito. <laughs> Like, I, I love that idea of just, like, even the org, like, having no idea that he's a monster. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, especially if he's trying to solidify investments and keeping it to himself. Yeah, so that, and that could be another part of it, is literally nobody on the team um, outside of the GMs has met him as Big Vito, and probably only the GMs know, like, any any sort of... Maybe only uh, DeGumpa Chicago knows about criminal involvement, right? Like, Jan Sebastian Moose is, is relatively new to the team, so maybe he, he doesn't even know. Maybe he's met the guy but doesn't know about the criminal ties. We can get, we can get into that if you want, actually. I'll, I'll tell you how, um, how Moose joined the team. Please, yeah, please do. This is great. Okay, so... Um... Uh, Jan Sebastian Moose worked um, as a madman, essentially. He worked in New York on Madison uh, in advertising because um, he was great with uh, making graphics and stuff, great with um, you know, ma- making, making beautiful images. So um, Big Vito thought that it would be a good fit from um, sort of a, like a team branding standpoint and also uh, PR would look good. Um, so he brought in, uh, he brought in Moose uh, to become my co um, but Moose was actually uh, skeptical of Big Vito, um, as he has been for quite some time. And rumor, rumor has it that Moose has, um, I don't know if it's his official uh, birth certificate, but he has basically uh, his genetic breakdown that reveals that he is partially Irish. So as a potential, um, as a, as a potential gag, maybe, as a rib he was thinking of turning um, turning the jerseys or turning the brain of this team green, possibly to poke at uh, Big Vito and show that uh, maybe there is a little bit of a uh, little bit of Guinness in us, a little bit of Guinness in the uh, in the brewskis. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a party boy. I go to two to three parties a year. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, I totally I identify with parties. Of course. <laughs> I'm I'm a yeah I'm a I'm an animal <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, so so he, so Moose knows about Vito. The 
is this, is this one of those things where he just does his research and he, and because he's this is kind of his gig this is kind of what he does right he researches clients to do work for them so he you know for for a prospective boss he's going to do the same kind of due diligence and and do that research is that kind of how he finds out or um, is this something that that Degumpa actually has a conversation with him yeah Vito's very uh, particular he's a real like student of all this and he uh, he likes analytics. That's why you know we try to be analytical with our team. We test a lot, um, and he likes um, yeah he likes to uh, plan stuff in advance. Uh, some say he knows exactly when the Kingpins are going to win the World Series, and that our first two losses were just a front. Uh, however, however many other losses still have to come, I really hope is not that many. But we'll just have to wait and see. But Big Vito definitely knows. Pepperidge Farmers remembers. Um, but uh, and I, I just want to clarify: when I party, I go hard. All right, you, you better you better lock the house down. All right, you, you get like one, maybe one and a half cranberry white claws in me. Like, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna destroy your toilet. Yeah, it it like I can relate to that because I'm also like the black eyed peas times ten when I party. So absolutely. The, the partiest band of all time, right? That's what that's that's what party people listen to. Of course, I would know that as someone who goes to parties, right? Yeah, it's the Black Eyed Peas and uh, I think the E Street Band are the ones they like to listen to. Yes, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, minus Bruce Springsteen, right? It's just the it's just this band because just, that's yeah, yeah, just, just Max Weinberg and those guys, yeah. right? I mean, that guy on the drums, you know, that's what the kids are are really all about is the percussion for sure. You know, Max Weinberg, I'm sure you know this because, um, I don't know, I was telling Tardis about this and he, did, he had no idea who I was talking about. He was on uh, Conan for a bunch of years uh, as sort of, and he basically, when Andy Richter left, he basically became his sidekick. And I, I love watching videos of the two of them uh, because he just, because he's not that great of like a comedian, he's not even a comedian really, is Max Weinberg, but like he does this stare like this kind of death stare, and it's it's the it's the funny. Look up like Max Weinberg's stare. It's the funniest fucking thing in the world. Yeah, it's the old school. It's the old school comedy theory, which is you need to have, uh, you know, the the goofy guy, and then what's referred to as the straight man, the guy who just reacts to the goofy guy. Um, and that's that's definitely what Max Weinberg did a lot better than Andy Richter, because Andy Richter's just in the, kind of another goofy guy. Um, right. Yeah. It's, so I love that dynamic. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I that that's occupies most of my time is just watching old clips of Conan. I, I, I don't do anything else. I don't even run my team. I, I just watch Conan all day. That's what Moosey's there for. I mean that's that's why you have a co. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, why do you think I hired a co? I I don't need a there's no rule that says you need to hire a co. True. You no, know, I, I just Wait, is that true? We're not gonna I, fact check it. We're Thomas. not gonna look. Thomas. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Oh, is is there a rule stating that you have to hire a co? Yes. Is, is there really? Well, yes. Dang, I think you may have stumped me. I'm checking. Don't right check now. it. Don't you dare check that. Don't you dare. Oh, yeah, no, oh, no, yeah. No, we, we don't fact check. check. We don't fact check. We don't fact check. We can't check it. All right. Well, he's saying dang. yes. We're gonna go with yes. Okay. Yes. The answer is yes. yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. But, we will assume that the president is in itself a rule. Ooh, true, true. Yeah, is has is there a team without a co? Like not not for any significant duration, right? So, I think that's fair. I, I was gonna make it. No, never mind. I'm not. I'm not gonna make a joke. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we won't talk about shakeups. Anyway, um, 
So, what were we talking about? Big Vito? Uh, the the Moosey hiring that was yeah that was cool that was that that's a cool plot line that uh, that Vito kind of sees maybe a little bit of himself in Moose perhaps he likes the analytical nature I like that a lot what other cool stuff did you think of what else is going on with Big Vito I'm sure I, I uh, also have uh, how I took over if uh, you want to hear. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is listen. Let's put it all in one spot so people don't have to listen to like episode seven to try to piece this together. Yeah, get it all out there. Right. We'll, we'll put timestamps. Um, okay. So um, I was also sort of low level. I was kind of. Um, I admit that I kind of mooched and I kind of I, I kissed some butts here and there, both figuratively and literally, um, to work my way up. Um, and eventually, it got to the point where. Um, Bauer uh, said he wanted out. He had had enough. He felt like there was really, you know, something going on with this guy in charge they didn't trust. Um, so, uh, and also he was he wasn't a fan of the fact that we have to basically ship out our players every two to three seasons. We only have them for a limited amount of time. Uh, he wanted to go to a place where we could have them for a much longer period of time. Uh, but to the uh, he talked. I don't know. It's like I hear that. And I think like, well, if you want to overwork people, just like run a sweatshop. But all right, you know that, that that's that's your problem, I guess. Um. So anyway, uh. So really, the only way out because he was already made. The only way out of um of the crime family of of Crush is to die. So essentially, we had to kill Bauer, uh, and we did it sort of Thelma and Louise style, where like he we drove his car. And we had like a little dummy in the passenger seat that had like a had a Cubs hat and like a um, had a uh, Ferrari jacket on um, and some clogs because he's German. Um, oh no, clogs aren't German. What 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 are German shoes? Um, is Lederhosen German? No. Y- yeah, he was wearing Lederhosen. Um, yeah, no, it's German. We don't we don't fact check on the show. Okay, so <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Okay, he was great. This is the day that uh, Degumpa gets banned from the PB. He's wearing something German. <laughs> he's he's wearing the German uh, uh, a T-shirt with the German flag on it. Right. We we put the German flag in like it, he's sitting right right next to the German flag. He has like draped over his uh, his passenger seat. So we drove it off a cliff. Uh, he fled to Cancun, like most uh, like most great people and senators do. Um, I was next in line. But in order to do so, I have to be made, which essentially means I just have to have lunch with Big Vito. Uh, and this was the only interaction, only physical interaction. We've talked through, like, you know, some code breakers and, like, uh, Morse code from time to time. Um, but I went to have a nice little brunch with Big Vito. The place was cleared out. It was like a, it was like a Denny's or something. But, you know, he didn't, he didn't really care. Um, place of organized crime, Denny's. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the most dangerous, <laughs> the most dangerous place in the world. Um, so he brought me in. Uh, he didn't talk to me. He like barely made eye contact with me. Um, we kind of we ate some food, and then he looked up sort of halfway through the meal and said, "Hey, kid, who's your favorite Power Ranger?" And then I said, "Well, it, it, uh, Triceratops, of course." And he looked at me, and his eyes kind of glinted, and he said, "Right answer." And then he handed me. Um, like a painting of my parents that had cut my finger, you know, like a, whatever happened to the mafia in Mafia Two. But my, my my knowledge of my knowledge of, of of mafia is from the mafia video games and like watching Scorsese films. Although I think that's the same for most people. Um, 
So yeah, I was made because Triceratops is my favorite Power Ranger. Yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta love Billy. I mean, he's your favorite dinosaur. Right. I mean, because the, the Blue Ranger had the Triceratops, and obviously yeah. the Blue Ranger is the best Power Ranger. That's the correct answer. Of course, yeah. I think. I, what was I going to say? Stegosaurus? He would have kicked me right out. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, the rest of the Power Rangers were kind of racist. Like, it's like, okay, the Black Ranger, we get it. Okay, the Yellow Ranger, yeah. that's not great. Like, but the Blue Ranger was like, no, he's just a smart guy. He's just that's his that's his stereotype. That's acceptable. Like the Red Ranger's too aggressive. Right. The Green Ranger couldn't pick a color. You know, he's the White Ranger. Then he's the Red Ranger. Then you know, calm down, pick a color. It's fine. So yeah, Blue Ranger's the correct answer. Absolutely. That's that's probably if you only take one thing from this podcast, I hope it's that the Blue Ranger's the best Ranger. Well, that's known. I, I don't think we need to tell people. They, they definitely, they already know it. They yeah. wouldn't be listening if they did know it. That's true. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that that all makes perfect sense. I also, I mean, again, I, I constantly just steal things from other media, and the whole Thelma and Louise to to get rid of Bauer, now I'm, I'm picturing it kind of went more like It's Always Sunny. <laughs> and maybe you know like maybe they they tried to make it a little too real and maybe uh oh man this explains why bowers made you know why why cancun is the way it is right now maybe it's taken a little longer to turn around because maybe there's some brain damage i don't know what happened there i feel like brain damage naturally follows where bauer goes so we love you bauer you see, we we roast everyone on this pod, all right? Yeah, <laughs> all of our friends. This listen, yeah. we're all friends, guys. We're all friends. All of our friends and hummus. Up until yeah. <laughs> great, yeah. up, in, up until this podcast airs, we're all friends, and then all of a sudden we're not. It's crazy. I don't know what happened. Wait, this is the first time I'm hearing that we're friends. So, oh, um. Yeah. Okay. And we, and we can't fact check. So can we define? Can we? You know what? Let's work on that definition of friends for the friendship yep. definition. Really. Yeah, we need that media article. Dom, aren't you like the king of media or whatever? Oh my god. I, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that would be. I might do that. Just a really stupid article that's like a statistical analysis of friendship. <laughs> yes. Oh and it's God, based on so epic. It's well, you gotta you gotta cite the rule that mentions in code of in the code of conduct section about how head office <laughs> won't punish people that we know are friends. Like I, you need to like quote that part and then do a whole media article, <laughs> yeah, like breaking down the definition like, of friendship. Um, it'll start like one of those really fucking obnoxious posts where they're just like, "Head office is the worst organization ever because of this one rule," and I'll just make like a thousand words of bullshit about why that rule has a vague definition of friendship <laughs> i know for a fact we would love that like as head office we we would die laughing i know for a fact i think we need like the ip thread where everyone has to like post if they have a shared ip with people i think people need to, there needs to be a thread where you have to list all of your friends yes and you can update it and yeah can, yeah so it's <laughs> you list your render and then a right after your render thread. it's your friends list <laughs> claim your friends yeah and if you both don't Everyone, claim that it, would be me you gotta both claim it because if you both don't claim it you're not friends one-way friendship doesn't count 
<laughs> Gotta both be friends. And then it's based on the number of interactions, too, so you can't claim someone unless you've tagged them a certain amount of times. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're gonna need, like, a... Uh... A league office that was like head of tracking friendships. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that too. Like a a, ma- a job head position on uh, just yeah, friend management. Yeah, it let Miss Obvious run it. This is the greatest. That'd be idea. hilarious. This is let's. We're, I think it has to happen now. This, this is another fake office. Uh, I'm going to help create another fake thing that um, we'll just lend enough credibility to it that maybe eventually like people start to think it's a real thing. Mention it every podcast. Yeah. Crush Graham brought to you by the PBE head of friendship. <laughs> and we'll oh. just, yeah, I'll start saying like, yeah, recently I found out that I wasn't friends with so-and-so and that was, it was devastating, but I respect it and um, I will no longer tease them because that would be a violation of code of conduct. So let it, let it be known. I will announce it here. You know what I just realized? We're uh, breaking the uh, the Bodcats uh, Casey Colby rule. We're not adding the people uh, we mentioned. We mentioned so many people in this pod, and we we haven't added a single one of them. Oh man. Oh yeah, that's okay. No one watches this except Shu. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah the, at Shu right now. All of the people in this podcast and Shu are the ones who listen to it. That's about it. That's great. Juosu uh, might. I like yeah. I said. I've been saying this on all the pods lately. Um. I don't know if she still listens to every single pod. I know she used to. True. Um, yeah, I think Juosu will probably catch it, uh, especially since I've been making her write about the Crush Fam. So like, she needs hey, inspiration. Um, I mean, we can uh, we can advertise that we got the commissioner. I bet that'll increase our views. Oh yeah, the, the, you know, you know who you get on the podcast and who will actually like. I I I, I can track that stuff on YouTube and um, now Spotify because like, the Crush Fam podcast is now on Anchor, powered by Spotify or whatever the heck it is. That's what we're doing with this one. <laughs> Damn hater alert. <laughs> let's, get a, uh, let's get a Manscaped advertisement. The, listen, I think it's already there. I could turn yeah, that, on... That has been weird, I'm not going to lie. That that ad is, like, everywhere. Like, in baseball, wanna... in particular. Let's... I watch, um, I watch uh, Lakers Film Room podcast, and it's so funny because the guy that they have do the announcements is kind of like the soft... You know how how every um podcast trio, especially in sports, kind of has the soft spoken one, like the analysis guy, and then like the film guy. So this is the soft spoken guy that kind of draws everyone, and <laughs> they don't announce when a break is in the podcast. So you'll just be like in the middle of a segment, and then <laughs> and then the super soft spoken guy will be like, "Do you ever have problems with your crotch hair?" And I just. Every time I hear it, I fucking lose my mind because there is no the way that Manscaped runs their advertising campaigns is so creepy that it's hilarious. Yeah, it's very it's very aggressive. The campaigns are very aggressive. They don't they don't pull punches. Yes. They know who their audience is. Like either you're very invested in this ad or you don't care about it. That's there's no in between with that stuff. I'm gonna go on a limb. I don't even think that shit works. I, I guarantee you, it's just like basic shaving oil and like a razor that maybe oh, yeah. is like slight, slightly dulled a little bit, but it, it's still gonna hurt your, you know, it's still gonna hurt your junk, you know. Listen, it's the same. It's just the reverse technique. So like women's razors are, ju- ju- they're the same razors as men's razors. There's no difference except for the right. design, 
And so now they're just the reversing color. it back. They're just like, okay, now we're going to cater to men. But really, it's all the same stuff. And that's and that's how you make money. You just take, like, we have one product, and we're going to turn it into five products by putting a different piece of plastic on it. This is great. And I just, you know, Vito thought of it, you know, before anyone else did, and that's how he, he got his empire to grow. Vito remembers. Vito remembers, and uh, it's Manscaped powered by Big Vito. That's... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's our uh, that's our big spot. Like, yeah, if if we are to get a sponsor, it probably well, if, if actually, legitimately would be Manscaped because yeah, I guess they sponsor everything. Yeah, heck yeah, I'm getting paid. You guys will get something too. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not getting paid. Oh man, cool. So we've got some friendship definition rules on the way, where we've got some uh, important information about Big Vito all contained in one podcast. Uh, anything else that you wrote down that we, we haven't gotten to speak about yet, Dag? Uh, that was about the uh, gist of it. Uh, there's like some bullets I left, but I don't know. You know, maybe, uh, maybe we'll bring that back um, at some point. Maybe I'll sprinkle it in some other podcasts here and there. You know, we'll, we'll learn because I, I do have plans for Big Vito. I was thinking about it today in the car as I was bringing stuff back and forth between our old house and our new house. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally turn this into something really cool. Oh, I love it. I'm excited to read uh, more about it or talk more about it, however you want to do it. I, I love it. I'm all in. As always, we, uh, we now have our creation station, the greatest named section of rooms of all time. We have our writer's room where people can gather together. I highly recommend all of you other teams out there take up the mantle of creativity make a creation station, make a writer's room, get people talking, get people excited. You'll, you'll get people out of the woodwork you didn't even know were still on the team. It's great stuff. Do it now. Um, I did want to ask, so I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's a good place to leave, leave the big veto, and we've got a little bit of time left. Um, so I wanted to ask the hummus man himself, uh, give me a little bit of your baseball origin story. So tell me, tell us like how you got into baseball in general. Now you want the user or do you want Austin Bentley? The user. Your user. The user. Yeah. You, sir. Okay. No, no, I want Austin Bentley, but all right. Oh my gosh. Wait, we'll so which one am I doing? No, but do user first. Yes. Okay. Um, When I started playing a t-ball, what is that? five and six year old and then i played coach pitch seven to eight and then i played one year of kid pitch when i was nine and uh being a lefty um you're kind of limited on what you can do on a baseball field especially defensively wasn't a fan of the outfield because the ball rarely went out there and i was actually explaining this earlier to a friend of mine but i hated that i had a good arm but the cutoff man would always come right next to me pretty much making me useless it's like how about you don't come right next to me when the ball's coming to me so i can actually make make myself feel like i did something today but the cutoff man would like the second baseman would always come all the way out there i'm like all right i'm kind of over this sport at the end of practice i would treat the ball uh the balls and the buckets like a basketball because i'm a big hooper but i stayed you know we had our the marlins had a big run in 03 when i was in sixth grade and uh, 
I was always super devoted to the Marlins. If I got invited to a game, I would be super excited. High school, I went to a bunch of games. So my love for the sport as a spectator never died. But as a player, I pretty much threw in the towel when I was nine. Um, and uh, then, you know, I even in college, I would I was living in Orlando. I would go down to games at the new stadium. Um, I've been to a bunch of games at that stadium now. And yeah, I just the Marlins winning in 03 really helped me grow a big love for the sport. And so, yeah, then I would go to UCF baseball games. Like I've always loved the sport as a spectator. So that I, it got my, it, I got my start playing it a bit, you know, being a lefty, me and my dad, he, we'd be in the backyard. I'd try to throw, but the rec league team I was on, they never let me try to pitch, even though I could throw hard. So I kind of took that as a slight and I was like, you know what? There's kind of some politics involved. Like the parents who are like super shoulder brushing with the coaches, their kids would always be the ones pitching. And my parents were super laid back and chill like I am. So I was like, eh, like I'll go somewhere where like my talent can, you know, over arch everything else, all the other politics and in basketball, I was much better. So so as a player, I, I kind of wish that I always told myself that was the one sport I wish I like, you know, put more emphasis on and, uh, you know, pushed harder on, on just like putting myself out there more and put, like actually asking my coach instead of asking instead of waiting for them to ask me to try to pitch. I wish I was more, you know, upfront about it and ask them, hey, can I try? Cause I could throw really fast. You just haven't seen me because you have, you know, miss, you know, Smith over here, you know, at, you know, pretty much forcing you to have her son pitch um, when my parents like didn't care. So uh, yeah, I, I love baseball though. Um, and uh, even though I stopped playing at a young age, I know a lot of people in the PBE, you know, that some of them, a lot of them still play. We have some that played at the minor league level. Shout out to Mitch Mack. Um, he played, I think, for the Brewers organization. Um, so, you know, we definitely have legit players in the league. I'm not one of them. And I, I feel like I've cottoned some slack on that a little bit. But uh, no, whatever, that's awesome. haters going to hate. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I love that. Um, I mean, at least you got to play a little bit when you were growing up. And, I, I mean, asking yourself as a nine-year-old to be your own advocate is pretty difficult. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, well, I don't think appreciate anyone's... that validation, yeah. No, 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 I don't, I don't think anyone's, like... I mean, definitely, I think we all have moments we look back on in our lives and, like, oh, I, you know, how cool would it have been if I had done this differently? But I think it's important to remember, like, man, I would have never done it differently because that's not who I was at the time, right? So... So yeah, definitely. Of of course, you know the message to anyone listening out there is absolutely in any facet of your life, advocate for yourself. Make sure that that people are aware of what brings you joy and and what makes you happy, Uh, because ultimately most people will want to help you try to achieve that. But especially as a kid, like that's such a that's such a difficult thing to parse. And uh, man, yeah, that's that's really cool though. It's really cool that you you recognize that. Uh, but don't be hard on yourself for that. I mean, that's you know. Well, it makes me it makes me worry because I wonder if I didn't live in a major league baseball town, like if I would have grown that same love for the sport that I ended up growing. 
going to games, yelling, you know, being part of the Cody Ross chants in the outfield, Cody, Cody. Um, you know, those kind of memories of, you know, le- at our stadium, our big thing is like the lemon ice, uh, the Italian, I guess Italian ice, the lemon yeah. ice cups um, on a hot day in the summer. Um, you know, those those are the kind of memories I was very grateful to have because, like I said, I I grew up in a major league baseball town, like 15 minutes from the stadium. I don't know if I'd have that same love if I didn't get to experience the MLB like right in front of me. Yeah. So. No, yeah, I, I, always, I have yeah, I have I, a similar I upbringing. Because yeah. I I I have mentioned this in the podcast a few times, but I my grandparents worked for Sloan Valve Company, and as as part of working for them, they had access to like three or four games a year, and would take us to Cubs games. And if I hadn't had that influence, yeah, I don't I don't know if I'd be passionate about baseball. I don't know if I would care about baseball. Have you guys been to a minor league baseball game before? Of course, I. I am going to my first ever tomorrow. Akron Rubber Ducks. Nice. My minor games are awesome. Yeah, I've been to college baseball games. Um, I've never been to a, a like a made, like affiliated like minor league baseball game in my life. I would love to go. Oh man! So so uh, shout out, quick shout out to Crush Mom, uh, because she has visited a couple times, and we we always take her to uh, Reno Aces games. And man, it's it's minor league games are just such a great atmosphere. Like, obviously, players at every level are playing a game they generally love, but these you know the younger guys that you can see it, you can feel it, you feel that energy off of them. And like the the Aces Stadium is, I mean, it's not even a decade old at this at this point. I think it was built in 2013. I want to say. Wow. But it's it's like a brand new park, relatively speaking, and can hold so many people. So it's just going there, like it's it's one of those like it's almost more of a social event than a baseball game, and then the awesome secondary of like oh this is also baseball, this is great, right? And you get into it when like the big moments, but like during the the meat of the game, you're kind of vibing, grabbing a brew, chopping it up with regular folk around the stadium, exactly. You know, checking out concession stands. Yeah, that that does sound fun because baseball like is is one of the few sports. I think besides like arena football where you get to take home the actual playing object. Like if you get one, right. every other sport, they make you give it back. I've, I've been to so many UCF football games where I always wish, cause we don't have a net. We don't have a net behind our goalpost. I always like sat there and wish that the, the, the college kid who grabbed the ball would just go rogue and like, keep it like throw it like, hide it behind their back and like start the whole controversy like <laughs> like just like complete anarchy like i don't i don't like you know all these billions of dollars being made in these sports but they make you give back the ball it's like why don't they let us have these souvenirs so i've always loved that about baseball like the chance that at any point during the game you may be able to you know grab the ball and take it home with you absolutely yeah for sure it's uh there's just so much that is unique to baseball, and and then so I think the yeah obviously the the Aces are a AAA affiliate. I've also been to a couple of A and AA games, and those are even funnier because the the stuff that they pull between innings, it feel it's almost like it's got like a state fair feel to it, right? Like it's silly games, and um, I mean some of it just makes no sense. I watched a sketch where 
a guy came out in a in a fish costume and ordered a pizza and then the pizza delivery guy arrived and he proceeded to like the the person who was in the costume like you know put the fish's mouth over the guy the pizza guy like pretended to eat the pizza guy and then like the pizza guy was like in his you know his boxers and ran away like that was the whole sketch it was at a minor league game i have no idea what that was but i loved every minute of it (laughs) oh was the pizza guy not um i mean i don't i was like 14 or 15 at the time so that i don't think that thought crossed my mind i wasn't quite as woke as i am today so i probably didn't go that route i couldn't tell you notorious um woke trait trading the attractiveness of pizza guys of course Uh, well again it's you know i was kind of like oh girls are cute and guys are friends that was you know but as i got older you know it's like okay people are can be cute regardless you know so so now i see that stuff more that's right that's right. That's right. Guys are cute too. That's right. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, if you have, yeah, if you haven't, I mean, that's the ultimate local business to support. If you haven't gone to a minor league game, please go to a minor league game. It's so awesome. Um, but yeah, so we're we're a little over on time, so we're gonna hold off on the Austin Bentley origin story. We're gonna have to have you back on another time to to give us the rest of that story, I guess. So yeah, let's do it. Um, thank you guys for having me. Um, I'm gonna drop off, and uh, well, I guess you're closing up, so I'll just stay until the end. But yeah, Dag, Dom, Chris, Crush, appreciate you you all, and uh, thanks for listening to whoever whoever uh, checked out. You know the origins, the backstory of uh, Big Vito. Heck yeah! And thank you. I I don't I I don't think I've officially said this on the podcast, but thank you for incorporating Chris Crush into your broadcast because I love the easy. It's a great jingle. I love it. So yes. Anytime I get to, whenever he does a good play, I I love saying it. So I'm going to try to keep doing that. I mean, not often right now. Um, the the majors are are cruel, but um, definitely you know as the as the seasons progress, it's only going to get better. So I appreciate that. Uh, and Dag, huge shout out for again for doing homework, and uh, and just rolling with this awesome creation and kind of fleshing it out and making it something that we all get to play with. It's it's been fun to listen to and fun to kind of like give our input on and. Again, I'm really excited to see where Vito goes next. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, thank you. I, I really appreciate doing this. I kind of mentioned in the event team room earlier that uh, I haven't done creative writing in a while. I, meant, I said it was for school, but um, you, know, you go to college, they just want you to write essays and research papers. Um, so I felt great you know, working on this backstory and talking about it with the commissioner <laughs> in the... Uh, in the chat, who we may or may not have been low key roasting, but high key, we definitely all have a lot of respect for him. Um, <laughs> it was awesome to have him on. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know. I know. It's um, I mean, it's it's uh, it's really fun to tell the commissioner they're full of shit. I <laughs> I love hummus, um, but I just kind of naturally challenge people for no reason. Um, no, yeah. awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's definitely one of those uh, we joke a lot, we goof a lot, and I think that's just inherent in like sports fans. Like as as we celebrate our fandom, we're all gonna kind of goof on each other a little bit. Uh, but obviously, yeah, nothing but nothing but love for for Hamas God, and uh, he, yeah, he's just a great sport. He just he just takes it all in stride. So um, regardless of how he feels, I'm always gonna consider him a friend. So um, I hope he adds me on his list, and and we can continue to roast each other publicly. On the thread of friends, make sure make sure to add him on. Yes, the the commission of friends, <laughs> or what was it called? I don't know. We'll, we'll keep workshopping it. We'll, we'll keep playing with that. Maybe that'll be the next episode. At some point, at some point, we're gonna do uh, getting into the the perfect team. At some point, uh, I want to do that. Ideally, that's on a Tuesday. So a little preview of of getting into perfect team. The best day to join is on a Monday after everyone's been assigned to their new leagues because then you have a full week of accruing points before you're actually put into the rookie leagues. Um, you're just in the entry-level league, and you can earn a ton of points because you'll be going up against people who have like not built their squads yet, just have the default squad. So doing it on a Tuesday is um, the next best thing to Monday. And, um, yeah... So, so maybe next podcast I'll, I'll finally get that out of the way and get more people hooked on the nonsense that is collecting cards and building a team out of it. It's all of the fun of the show uh, with none of the stress of having to play out at bats is how I like to think of it. So a little bit less pressure. But, um, but yeah, again, thanks, gents. Thanks, Dom, as always, for uh, vamping with me and helping helping others flourish in their creativity so thanks for being here and thanks for being my official unofficial co-host it's uh it's tough to be the lord god emperor of media writing um, <laughs> thanks for having me we're just gonna keep adding honorifics like you're gonna be like a like a medieval knight <laughs> slayer yeah, of dragons it'll be, it'll be like addressing uh sir charles the third you'll have like my 15 duke dumps that you have to go with Savior of the wastelands, keeper <laughs> of pets. Yeah, like we'll just keep going. <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for joining. Um, and and you know, one thing I probably don't mention enough: if you're interested in hanging out with us and talking nonsense, hit me up. Uh, we're always looking for new perspectives and getting to know people. is is probably the most fun part about this league. So uh, feel free to to slide into the old DMs and, uh, and and make it happen. But that being said, um, that's it for tonight, and I'll see you on the field. Take care.